Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Hells fans? This is our third podcast in one day. So thank you so much for sticking with us. I'm your host, Preston Ellis. I'm joined by David Grubb and Ali Cosell. You can follow them at DM Grubb and at Ali Cosell. The situation we find ourselves in, the Pelicans potentially lose Rajon Rondo, maybe DeMarcus Cousins based on reports that I'm hearing. Uh, and the Pelicans have added Julius Randle two years at the full mid-level exception, $18 million as well as Alfred Payton, who will probably come in at that biannual exception at his $2.7 million rate, as uh, reported by Zach Lowe. We've got a report from Jeff Siegel. The Pelicans will now be hard-capped in our four- Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. 14.5 million from the apron, but can open up another 7.2 below the apron by cutting their partially or non-guaranteed contracts. That's Emeka Okafor, Darius Miller, DeAndre Liggins, and Czech Diallo. Um, some more reports from him, and I'll fill you in on those. But first of all, David, this is your first time on the podcast today. General reaction to Rajon Rondo taking a deal from the Lakers on a whim, and then just moments later, the Pelicans signed Julius Randle. Well, I think obviously those deals are are, are more connected because once the Lakers had decided um, to keep Randle for a moment, um, they were waiting for reasons to move him on. Uh, because he was a good asset. And I think the Pelicans got a great deal for him. But the Rondo signing was troubling to me because uh, the Pelicans still don't have a veteran point guard that you can trust. Uh, you know, and, and then for, I thought that Rondo would be the first signing that the Pelicans did going into free agency. And that didn't happen. So the, a, after the first day, it, I did get concerned because I thought that would be an easy deal to get done. And people would say, well, the Lakers threw $9 million at Rondo. Well, he had asked for eight point. He had asked for the full, you know, mid level, um, and 
That's essentially what the Lakers gave him. So clearly the Pelicans decided that they had a hard number for him, um, that they weren't going to go over, and the Lakers did. And I would have rather seen at least to offer Rondo the same type of thing, a one-year deal while you still try to find that point guard, uh, because I think his value to the team, to the Pelicans, was higher than it was to any other team, even to the Lakers. Uh, So I'm just a little disappointed in that. But Randall... I think we'll do very well with the Pelicans. He can run the floor. He can handle the ball. He doesn't shoot that well from outside, but he's very efficient around the rim. And uh, like his player efficiency rating last season was almost 20. And the Pelicans only had two players who did better than that, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So I think they they acquired a really good player at a reasonable price. He's young. After that first year where he got injured, he's played in most of the games. He played all 82 last season. Um, so he's a, a very good rebounder. Um, I think it's a net gain at the at the forward position, but Rondo, how do you replace that? And I don't think Elver, Elford Payton is the guy to replace him. For those of you wondering if this is a sign and trade, it's not possible because they have to be min- uh, a minimum of three years before there are any options. Neither Rondo nor Randall will qualify for that. So Randall has to go into the Pelicans MLE. That's another report from Jeff Siegel. Thank you to him for posting that so quickly. Ali, during that season-ending presser, Del Demps and uh, Alvin Gentry were were pretty um, pretty straightforward about how much they wanted not only Rajon Rondo back, but DeMarcus Cousins. The words they used for DeMarcus Cousins were in a perfect world, but they said, we definitely want Rajon Rondo back. Under, uh, after looking at what's taken place today, it certainly doesn't look that way, does it, Ali? No, definitely not, because if you mean that you definitely want to bring a player back, that means you're willing to meet his demands. And from, as you just recently said, John Gambardaro, um, uh, radio personality out of Phoenix, had talked about how Rondo was seeking something in the neighborhood of the full MLE for the next two years. So a two-year deal, about $16 million. The Pelicans, my best guess is they're probably only offering him at the most of $6 million. So maybe $12 million over two years. Um, that, that's a big difference, you know. So the Pelicans obviously didn't feel like, you know, either one, they wanted to spend that amount or they didn't value it, or maybe, you know, by signing Alfred Payne, maybe they wanted to go younger. Maybe there's things about Rondo that they don't like, but they were willing to bring him back because of how well he meshed. So he was going to be kind of a short-term option, but not a long-term. But then, of course, when it comes to money, the Pelicans failed on that front, and that's pretty much all it takes when you miss the boat by that much. I mean, that's a wide margin there. So see Rondo disappear for $9 million? Yeah, it's disappointing that the continuity that – Everybody had been talking about, you know, building on a, on a season that surprised almost everybody and exceeded expectations that, you know, the Pelicans are making a sudden detour. Uh, so, yeah, we can keep talking about this probably for the next few months and still try and figure out, but we'll never probably get to the, the root of it. Let's get back to David Grubb. You wrote something on Twitter, basically, that you you have to overpay for one season just potentially to run it back, to capitalize on success, as Ali just indicated, uh, to preach continuity. And these guys, Del Demson and Alvin Gentry, have been preaching continuity, chemistry, building something, building upon what they just did in Portland, that 4-0 sweep that, uh, that Rajon Rondo was a large part of. That game against Houston on January 26th is some of the best basketball we've ever seen this franchise play. And then they've kind of just stopped all this and gone into a different direction, kind of expand upon how important chemistry truly is to these Pelicans and, and what what method of planning you think they're executing right now. Well, I think the biggest thing about the continuity in bringing Rondo back was that he was the real only true ball mover on the floor. Uh, you know, everybody reacted off of what he was able to do. 
And there was a big reason that Anthony Davis got a lot of baskets at the rim and that why his jump shots had decreased from the season before. I mean, they were down almost hundred, more than 150 jump shots from the season before. And that's, that's Rondo pushing the tempo and getting him uh, baskets around the rim. And of course, DeMarcus Cousins had some impact on that beginning at the beginning of the season um, and finding AD. Uh, but you need people on the floor who can run the offense. And there aren't a lot of those on the roster right now. You're guessing and hoping that somebody can run the offense. And, you know, you see a lot of people now bringing up all the deficiencies that Rondo had. We know Rondo was a, was, was a negative defender, that he was not great. But they found ways as the season went on to hide that. The up-tempo offense made him less of a liability on, on defense. They were able to move him around in playoff series to get with, uh, you know, to get more favorable matchups. The biggest needs that we said coming into the offseason were wing and, at, uh, you know, at the backup forward position, um, to be prepared for to have some depth there. Well, they didn't address wing. They have not addressed power forward. And you lose the guy who had become. Like they said, Alvin Gentry talked all year. This is one of the smartest basketball players we, we've ever had around here. He's a, he, um, Rajon Rondo is a generational type talent as a passer. We know that he also is one of the smartest basketball players in the league. He's on target to be a coach. He's gone through the program. You don't bring that back in with Alfred Payton. You don't have that with Frank Jackson. If this means more minutes for Drew Holiday on the ball, does, are you bringing back passivity into his game and taking him away from the things that he did so well last season? So now your continuity is basically between three guys in Miritich, Davis, and, and Holiday as your main rotational players while trying to work in Randall, who I think will be effective. But you, there is no real continuity with the offense now. These are all guys who will be learning this offense um, anew and the defensive schemes anew. So I think there's a lot of adjustment that's going to be happening. And, and there's not a lot of time between now and training camp and training camp isn't that long. So to stay away from the luxury tax, based on what Jeff Siegel said, the Pelicans can still offer uh, DeMarcus Cousins around $14 million, but they are hard capped. So I'll, I'll have Ali explain all of this in a second. Before we get to that, some positive uh, reinforcement that we can give to this situation is we've been preaching the Pelicans need to start learning how to develop youth, develop young talent. And the Pelicans do do that here. They go from 32-year-old Rajon Rondo to 24-year-old Alfred Payton. They go from uh, almost 28-year-old DeMarcus Cousins in August, I believe it's the 11th or the 19th, to 23-year-old Julius Randle. So they are getting closer to 25-year-old Anthony Davis's timeline in that regard. Ali, expand upon what the Pelicans can do with DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, obviously, the, the Lakers are are quietly planning to either trade Luol Dang with assets or to just simply stretch him and clear up $12.5 million of space and just sign Boogie outright. Is DeMarcus Cousins done? And this this exchange of Rajon Rondo for DeMarcus Cousins to go a bit younger, what do you make of the end result? I think there's no question DeMarcus is done. Um, he is not going to take uh, any kind of minimum amounts, anything, gotta, you've got to think, anything under like, you know, 12, 15 million, unless, unless it's with a different team, mind you. But to, to come back, the Pelicans needed to have um, a lot more space that they've already used up. I mean, let's face it, I think Julius Randle's the definite dagger in this kitty because not only is he going to soak up a lot of the salary cap sheet, also a lot of the minutes when you also factor in Nikola Miritich, who the Pelicans are high on, also sits on the roster. And you know damn well Anthony Davis is going to be the one sitting out of any extra playing time. So, no, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is coming back at all. I mean, 
plus the rumors. I mean, Preston, you've got to consider that the Lakers, you know, I've been thinking the whole time that this was a lot of agent speak going on behind the scenes. But you know what? Just just like with every other rumor we heard, like, for instance, the Rondo one out of Phoenix, there's a lot of validity here. So apparently the Lakers have been working with uh, DeMarcus on, on the side or behind the scenes kind of, yet it's been getting reported, the rumors, but a lot of us didn't believe it simply because of why would LeBron agree to play with him? Why would he be willing to take on, you know, a big significant cut in pay when actually if he wants to come back to New Orleans, he's going to be facing the same thing. So I definitely think it's time or, you know, it's happening, basically. He's moving on. He's probably going to be a Los Angeles Laker within 24 hours or something. And we're going to talk about why Nikola Meritich's future might be in jeopardy with the New Orleans Pelicans. Before we do that, let's welcome onto the pod Zach Oliver. You can follow him at Zach Oliver, NBA of Orlando Pinstripe Post. He's one of the co-hosts of Do You Believe in Magic, as well as myself, Will Ogburn, and Aaron Goldstone. He is here to talk about Alfred Payton. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, congrats on signing um, Alfred and I guess Julius <laughs> Randle now. Yeah, it's been a big day. Uh, we're, we're still trying to make all the sense of it. Now, we brought you here because you're an expert, a credentialed member of the Orlando Magic Media. Uh, you've had close and personal relationships to this organization and to the to the games themselves, being on hand for many of them, including being on hand for draft night uh, just last month. Tell our listeners uh, in a nutshell about the Alfred Payton experience and whether or not you think he is ready and capable to be a starting point guard for the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, sure, he's he's capable. I mean, Alfred's capable of doing anything that he wants to do. Does that mean he should start? Probably not. Um, I think that overall his time in Orlando was very disappointing. He never really got a groove going. I mean, we saw him put up empty stats, you know, two or three months at a time, you know, here and there, you know, he put up a bunch of triple doubles at the end of a couple of seasons, but otherwise he was really underwhelming. Um, he still can't shoot the ball. You know, he coming out of uh, Louisiana Lafayette, he was known for his defense. He can't defend a rolling chair in the NBA for some reason. Um, his shooting, like I said, is still atrocious. There's just, there's so many issues with Alfred's game that you have to have the perfect piece next to him to really be able to start him. You know, I guess in theory, Drew Holiday could be that, but I don't know. I, I just, the shooting aspect would still bring forth questions um, for me at least. Zach, our primary concern uh, with Alfred Payton, we're assuming he's going to be able to figure it out with Drew Holiday, with Anthony Davis, with Nikola Meritich on the floor. Our primary concern is his defense. The Pelicans at the end of the year climbed all the way to fifth. Uh, talk about Alfred Payton's defensive time in Orlando. There there wasn't much defensive time. Um, I mean, Alfred was, like I, like I mentioned, you know, he was known as a defender coming out of Louisiana Lafayette, and he was just disappointing time and time again. Um, he can't stay in front of point guards in the NBA. He's got bad defensive ball skills. He's just really underwhelming. And um, I think that that's an issue. Obviously, having Anthony Davis, you know, cleaning up some of the some of the mistakes will will help him. But at the same time, it's just it's sometimes hard for him to just be on the floor because of his defensive li- uh, his defensive issues. Um, and then once you add in 
the lack of offensive game that he has, you could argue that Alfred's almost unplayable at times. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going well, you guys. Uh, obviously, we see the bright side. A top ten overall pick, uh, like Zach said, he has he has the skills prerequisite with being a starting level point guard with uh, his time at UL. ULL as a defensive player, and hopefully in his time playing against uh, top defensive players like Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, he can figure it out. Let's continue on with some of the talk about Nikola Meritich. And Zach, we'll either swing back to you or, sir, if that's all the time you have, we appreciate it as well. Uh, otherwise, I'll get some more thoughts from you on Alfred Payton at the end. Uh, the I, question- I, just, I, I have one kind of generalized question. Obviously, the you guys follow the Pelicans a lot more closely than I do. Obviously, the Julius Randle signing most likely means that DeMarcus Cousins is gone. I, I heard you guys talking about that right when I jumped in. Is that really – obviously, you know, DeMarcus is coming off of the Achilles injury, but is that really the best move for the Pelicans to make? I mean, we saw what the Boogie and Anthony Davis front court did. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think, and let's let's throw this over to Grub. I think there must be something happening behind the scenes. Obviously, with with a torn Achilles like that, you don't want to take any risks. You want to take the proper precautions. With that being said, the Pelicans can match whatever Los Angeles is willing to offer. Uh, David, are you surprised that he he might be so willing to to cut town uh, with comparable offers from both squads? Uh, no, not anymore. Cause I think as we got towards the end of the playoffs, I think you started to feel like something had changed between the organization and DeMarcus. Um, and then the, the, the way that management spoke about it, the in a perfect world come really kind of, um, <clears throat> resonated with me. Uh, made me feel like there had been the discussions that they had already had were not going as well as maybe they thought they would. Uh, so for DeMarcus, I mean, LeBron is a guy who's who's been a long admirer of DeMarcus Cousins. He's he's called him the best big man in the game. So if you go to the Lakers and it's a one-year deal or a two-year deal, you're talking about a two, 2019 Lakers team uh, that will have enough room for one uh, max deal. And then it becomes a very attractive situation for DeMarcus if he rounds himself into shape. Because if there's an if they get a shooter – and you have a front court where LeBron is playing the four, DeMarcus is playing the five, Kuzma playing the three, and you get, let's say, a Klay Thompson, or if you get Kawhi Leonard at the outside, the Lakers are in great shape, and DeMarcus is in a great situation to be really famous, and at least, you know, the, the anticipation would be to go to the finals at least once. That was uncertain in New Orleans no matter what. So it, it, it looks like a great opportunity for him to be there, and at the same time, he would remain a big part of the focus going forward Whereas there wouldn't be a debate like there will be in New Orleans, no matter what, of what was the better move, keeping or letting DeMarcus go. And, and I think that would be a question over the next two years. And a cunning move that Magic Johnson is doing that might go under the radar right now is he's creating a lot of movable salary for himself. These one-year deals at $9 million, at $12 million, at whatever they offer Boogie, probably another $12 million. These are easily offloadable to teams like the San Antonio Spurs, as you just mentioned, in a possible Kawhi Leonard deal that would prohibit or keep them from having to unload somebody like a Brandon Ingram. Instead, they could give somebody like a DeMarcus Cousins with two or three first round picks and get Kawhi Leonard and keep their core intact and keep their youth intact in those 
rookie uh, weight scale. So a lot of moving parts that we're going to dissect over the, the next couple of months. My last question is going to be for Ali Cosell. We talked about this a bit off air um, and Kevin O'Connor is tweeting about this right now about Nikola Meritich being a, a more proper fit next to Anthony Davis. However, with three, all three of those guys being natural power forwards, Julius Randle is going to have to figure out how to play the center position, even should that be the case. Does does this change the 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 future for Nikola Miritich? He's the best movable piece the Pelicans have, and if they do want to acquire a wing, he's probably the guy who's going to come up in those conversations the most. What do you see as his future after this move? Yeah, before we got on the air, we talked about this, huh? And I've got to say, kind of, you know, I think Nikola Miritich suddenly becomes a very uh, enviable trade chip for Dell Demps. I don't think he necessarily wants to sell him, especially not this season. You know, you need three good, solid players in that rotation alongside uh, Anthony Davis. And so Julius Randle and Nikola Miritich really fit the bill. The one thing you don't see, though, is I don't see how three of those are going to be able to share the court together. Uh, that would, say, ask then Randle to play the five, uh, Miritich the four, and then have Davis because he's the most athletic, the most flexible, and has the most length uh, of playing the three. So he's chasing everybody around on the perimeter. So you don't you got to think he's not liking that too much. So long term, I don't like it. You've got to think that one of those uh, two guys can't be too long for the roster. And the fact that Randall just got a two year deal and Mirchich is up in one year, again, it's processed by elimination. You got to think maybe Nicole is the guy looking on the outside in. Even though my preference is for Nicola, I think I, I, his versatility, his three point shooting, it's an absolute perfect fit alongside AD. So you know. It's a toss-up for me, but if if I had to pick today, Preston, I got to say that Miritich, yes, he suddenly kind of becomes almost a trade ship if Dell Demps needs to use one. All right, there you guys have it. That's all the time we're going to have for now. Uh, before I let you guys go, uh, just quickly plug, uh, David, you just posted something on Crescent City Sports or or retweeted, whichever. Talk about some of the stuff that you're going to be working on this week with all this free agency bonanza going on. Well, we'll be, I'll be visiting uh, Pelicans uh, mini camp before they head off to summer league this week. So um, try to update on, the, you know, the organization's views so far of the offseason and try to talk to some of these young players about um, what they see uh, as they prepare to go off to Vegas. So that's what I'll be doing this week. And, and obviously we'll, we'll all be watching free agency and, and chipping in and chiming in where we can. Excellent. Ali, uh, you just wrote a Rajon Rondo piece that's not now Nolan Void with a Julius Randle signing. Uh, talk about what else you've got in the works. Well, we got to talk about this brand new team we got. One thing I want to leave a positive note on is the fact that what Randle did last season when he was a starter, he averaged 18.6 points, 9.1 rebounds, and 3.1 assists in 49 games for the Lakers. There's only three guys that uh, hit those levels or exceeded them among all other forwards or centers in the league. DeMarcus Cousins, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So there you go. If you want something, you, you know, big, bright, hey, the New Orleans Pelicans are dead in the water. We've got something to be very positive about. There you go. Randall seems to exhibit a lot of, a lot of this potential that maybe Dell Demps has been seeking for a while. Um, and especially since DeMarcus Cousins went down, you know. So it's great to see that he wants the team to remain competitive. So that's what I'm taking from today, I guess. Yeah, he's definitely the best case scenario, given the circumstances. Uh, number seven overall pick and uh, played really well last year. And if he can fit next to Anthony Davis, uh, have to have to think this signing was a win. Uh, it's it's just it's just difficult for me to process after all the continuity and chemistry 
that Dell Demps was talking about during that press conference. But Julius Randall, 23 years of age. Alfred Payton, 24 years of age. Of course, you guys can follow Ali Cosell at Ali Cosell, David Grubb at DM Grubb. Mr. Zach Oliver, uh, you're working hard for the Orlando Pinstripe Post. You've got some stuff going on. Of course, they just re-signed Aaron Gordon to a four-year, $84 million deal. Uh, where else can our listeners find you and some of your work? Yeah, you can find me at Orlando Pinstripe Post, as Preston, Mel- uh, Preston mentioned. And you can also find me on Twitter, at Zach Oliver NBA, um, spewing. I don't know if they're hot. They're like <laughs> mild, <takes>. mildly temperature <laughs> take sometimes. Um and a lot of golf tweets. Oh, um, very interesting. <laughs> so you can find me there. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining us, sir, and giving us some insight as to Alfred Payton. Of course, we're going to come back to you guys as news unfolds. If you want to hear more of Zach Oliver, of course, follow our podcast, Do You Believe in Magic? For now, I'm Preston Ellis. Uh, thank you to Ollie. Thank you to David. Thank you to Zach. Thank you for our listeners. You, If you've been with us all day, thank you so much. We've got an earlier one about the departure of Rajan Rondo, and I don't even remember what the one before that was about. Uh <laughs> I have no idea what happened there. Oh, it was about Alfred Payton, I'm sure. So make sure you check out all three of our podcasts today, and we'll be back soon, and we'll be reporting from Summer League this weekend. So make sure you check back with us on Saturday. For now, let's go, pals. hope you've enjoyed listening to the bird calls on OTG and nothing but net here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Say Metro by T-Mobile, got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly, because Metro has two lines for 80, and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free, plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Technology Truths. Brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple truth it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at geico.com what are you talking about paperclip shoulder shrug high five wizard hat what geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more